Hi, team. Welcome to the Conscious Curriculum Podcast, the deepest and dopest podcast for folks who believe that education can change the world. I'm your host, Miriam Rachel Freed. My intention is to share, build, and propel a vision and strategy of collective healing and repair through meaningful education and embodied practice. Like all of us, I am a human shaped by my unique life experience, and I'm limited to my own perspectives through the lens of my worldview. I'm always striving to learn and grow, so if you ever feel that I've missed something or caused harm, please don't hesitate to let me know. If you like today's episode, please help our community grow and review, comment, or share. If you're looking to get involved in the conversation, you can find my contact information and a link to the free Conscious Curriculum community inside the show description. Thank you for being here and for your commitment to justice and liberation for all. Now let's dive into today's episode. So today I'm really diving into sort of the framework of Conscious Curriculum If we think about the fact, science-based fact, that what we practice is who we be, and we think about what we're trained to practice in school, which we know that there's a spectrum, I'd say for the majority of schools, at least the majority of schools that I've either worked in or consulted in or been a part of, there's we're somewhere in between the spectrum of waiting for someone else to tell us what to do or drowning in too many expectations from other people of things that we need to do. Like that, that's the practice that's living. And then we see how that translates into adulthood of like either total freeze around, like, I don't know how to make my own decisions in ways that I think I ought know how to make my own decisions and think for myself that can show up in relationships, that can show up professionally, that can show up with family in so many different ways. And then the other edge is like we're so used to overworking and we're so used to um, always having something to do and we're so used to the piece of our identity that tells us that the more we do or the more that we've achieved, the more worthy we are. And so those things are really perpetuated in schools today. They like We are, we are well-practiced in those pieces of our humanity or, or what have become pieces of our human experience through westernized schooling. And conscious curriculum is really asking us to take a, a step back or really a lean in into what makes us human. And what makes us human is that we are conscious. Like we are conscious of our consciousness and we have the capacity to reflect and make change and create with intention. And just that is really huge and an opportunity for us to really capitalize on it in schools and to practice it in schools. There's kind of three main buckets that I see this living. And as I continue in this work, like that's going to expand and tweak and grow and morph and evolve. Um, but for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to ask us to consider three and then how, what are some practical ways that I can start to bring this into either my daily experience or, and also into the daily experience of the people that I work with and serve and teach and, and collaborate with and et cetera and beyond. So the three are like body work, mindset work, and spiritual work. When I first started my business, my three sort of core pillars were the intersections on environmental justice, social justice, and spiritual justice. 
and that we need we need all three if we're serious about moving a liberated world. And I still stand by that. I think that there's ways for us to consider environmental, social, and spiritual justice aspects in all of our curriculum all the time. Um, and when we're thinking for the purpose of this episode and like the humanity of consciousness to enhance our capacity to live more consciously on a personal level and on like a practice training level that can be broken down into body mindset and spirit. And so with bot, I'll start with body work. So body work can look like neuro training. Um, so like literally at a granular, granular level training our nervous system, there's like four main input systems that, that tell our nervous system what to do and how to respond and how safe we feel and how much capacity we have. And if we spend some intentional practice on training our nervous system, we are also opening ourselves up to a a wider holding of our conscious experience. Um, There's also like just working out and just movement and intuitive movement. And if we're thinking from a learning place How can we incorporate movement into our learning with intention to enhance learning and or to bring learning into the body in a different way? There's also what I'll name like body-based pleasure. And so that can be like tapping into senses and like dance and and other kind of, of movement that brings pleasure to our spirit. If we can think of, I'll I'll continue using dance, or if there's a sport that you love to play, like the level of consciousness that we tap into when we are in um, really intentional and the language that's coming in is like singing collaboration with our body, um, that really is, is opening us up to being fully expressed within ourselves, like really, really present with ourselves. And that's a practice. That is a practice that we can build in schools. It may be um, as simple as like, show me with your body what what you think this character might be feeling, right? Like that's that's a way. In math, like I did a lot of algebra, so it could be like, how would you feel? Like, show me with your body, like, how X might feel being all by itself. Or, like, show me with – maybe that's a non-rigorous example, but show me in your body, like, what it would look like to join the other Xs on the side of the equal sign. Um, show me with hand motions how this event – might have impacted this, these peoples. I don't, uh, history is not my, I struggle to retain. So I'd need a more concrete example, but you kind of got the gif, gist, like how can we bring our body into our learning? Um, and that also includes body breaks, like for you and for them. If you are tense and you are all over the place and you're sensing that you're kind of stuck in 
the drowning in too many expectations or feeling behind or whatever it is, like your body also probably needs a body break. Like if you're holding all that anxiety and if you're leading a class or if you're moving in your day with all of that tension, you're, you're definitely not serving from a place of your fullest consciousness. And so what do you need to do and how can you then model that for your students to self-regulate slash reset to again, open your capacity? So that's sort of like some examples around around body work. Mindset work is also super important. So mindset work is like doing your own belief work, self-affirmation, self-reflection, intentional learning, right? Mindset work is also creating space to hear, understand, feel compassion for different people, different, different mindsets. Um, and that that learning certainly can exist in classrooms. We're often feeling, and it can live in any classroom. It can live in in any subject. It can live as many times throughout the day as you feel you can sustain for you too. It could be as simple as like jotting something down around like a student who's really getting under your skin and it's like, what is it about this situation right now that's like making me lose consciousness with myself, like lose my best self? And then practicing that with students, like, what is it about this subject that, like, makes you self-abandon? Like, what is it about this teacher that that gets you so upset? Um, what's going on right now that – and this is, like, as, I, as I'm continuing, this is – this mindset work is super tied to, if not the same, as social-emotional learning. And so social-emotional learning, I the, the way that – I'm seeing many schools implement this is as kind of a tangent add-on. It's like, okay, in advisory, that's like our social-emotional learning time. Similar to how we might practice our mindset work is like, all right, this is my time to practice mindset. This is my like journaling time. This is my reflection time. I'm not saying those things aren't valuable. What I would offer and encourage is like how do we create micro moments out loud with our students and with ourselves to be in practice of of mindset work and how are we praising when we see evidence from students of shifts in mindset behavior or um, language or inquiry so that we're we're tapping into again like that that conscious piece of learning The last is spiritual work. Um, and so I'm d- I've had this conversation so many times. In a certain capacity, I'm like totally an advocate for the separation of church and state. I'm a Jewish person and I feel like that's self-explanatory. On the other edge, I think it's a it's a cultural loss, especially in a country like the quote unquote United States where there are so many different, unique, incredible spiritual practices to learn from and connect with and between, um, let alone the question around like, how do we really repair how do we build towards a vision of repair of indigenous practice and indigenous culture and indigenous 
land ownership without learning from the spirit of indigenous peoples and and in whatever way we are guided bring that into classrooms and in our own personal practice from a place of honoring and and doing our work to repair in whatever ways we can um and like beyond repair like give back um so so that's a loaded question and and sort of a tangent but also deeply connected what are ways that we can bring spirit into our classroom that does feel in alignment for us what and and that can be super small it can be having a calendar that has all of the different as many different um cultures faiths whatever um events going on and we're taking a moment in our classes to just let kids know like hey today is da 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 day this means da 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 um from what i can tell does anyone practice this day like can you tell us more and just op- just opening a small little space for us to kind of open to how incredible humans are um, and how many different ways humans have adapted and evolved from a, a, a deeply spiritual place. Also opening room for creating your own rituals in class, like if someone gets, let's say you have like a, you can throw away your lowest quiz grade policy. Like maybe the student gets the opportunity to rip up that piece of paper and throw it in the garbage as never, get, never again. Like I'm never getting enough again or something like that where you're building in small celebratory, symbolic, <laughs> ritualistic pieces that are just part of the human experience um, or can be, or have been, or have more room to grow in. Um, and similar for you, like how, even if you're not super religious or super spiritual or super, um, feel, feel really deeply connected to a particular culture, um, what are ways that you want to connect with the land, with the elements, with, your place with your people that feels like a little bit more like magic. Um, and then how do you bring that, that flavor of magic, that spice of magic into the classroom? Because that magic is so, so much what makes us human. And so all of this, whether body, mindset, spiritual work, like these are all really human practices. And the essential questions of this show is like, what are the most important things for humans to learn? And how do we teach those most important things in schools? And right now we're really not spending enough time just practicing being human. I know that sounds a little weird, but but we're not. And it and I'm not gonna say it takes practice to be human because guess what? We just get to be human no matter what. But we get to practice like how to be our best human, how to feel our how to feel our best as human, how to serve as best as human. 
And when we're constantly waiting for someone else to tell us what to do, or when we're constantly drowning in too many expectations from other people, there's no way for us to tap in and touch down and understand our own intuition and make our own rules in places that we have every right to. And so like body, mindset, spirit, all, all the, the direction of any of those windows is really to move a vision of empowerment for ourselves and for young people. Um, and so I encourage you to try playing with that. Like, hmm, like where can I throw some body body in today? Where can I infuse mindset into this lesson? Like what are the mindset blocks of my students? How can I like target one this week and, and focus on shifting that for my class? What kind of rituals do I want to make for my class? Like what happens when students come in every morning? How can I make that more special? Like what happens as we're transitioning subjects? What happens when we're going from full class to group work? Like how do I how do I make these smaller moments um, more significant, more – I'm going to keep using the word magic, more magical um, – and then how do I how do I can't really this is my experience anyway. It's hard for me to really bring in uh expansive conscious shifts into my classes if if I'm not bringing it into my own life. So how do I practice those things in my own life first? Because when I practice it within my own life first, I'm building that confidence and I'm building that experience and I'm moving through that resistance that then I know how to show up and bring it to my kids from a place of the empowerment that I know that they're going to get to too. And I think that's all I got for today. I hope this is helpful. I would love to hear how it's going. If you're trying anything from this episode, if you have any questions, please let me know. I'm grateful for you to be here and I am really excited to see you next week.